Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day. Welcome back to Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice, and we are here and we are ready to remember some guys. Not remember guys from before, remember guys from now. Because it's been so long since we saw actual Blue Jays players and talked about Blue Jays players who are currently playing. Um, that it's, it's like rediscovery. And boy, have we got some guys to remember today. 60, 60 man provisional roster thingy things. They've all got different names. I saw somebody who's been tracking what the different names are. So let's not waste any time. Let's dive right in. There's so many hidden meanings and layers and things to, to parse out when it comes to remembering guys who are going to maybe play baseball here, sort of, perhaps. I'm excited. I can only imagine how excited you are. And there is no one who exudes more excitement on this entire planet. He, uh, he is the most exciting man I know, in fact. And, uh, and he, he joins me as always. Uh, old reliable. Old reliable Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I'm apparently quite exciting, which uh, the first, <laughs> first time for being called anything, I guess. So I'll, I'll take that one. I'm really just trying to speak it into existence Fair at this enough. point. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, let's go. It's a little bit early. There is a holiday here in Canada this week, and uh, our friends across the hermetically sealed border will have a holiday later on in this week as well. So we're recording this a little bit earlier in the week. So it's all we're all a little out of sorts. Well, I am maybe a little out of sorts. So we're just kind of getting get fired up by saying like, "This is the most exciting person I know." Let's go. It's not working, but it's worth a shot, right? Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. Oh, sure, yeah. Well, the only other way, the only other thing you can do is is to inject our lifeless, desiccated corpse of a show <laughs> with some uh, life, with some energy, is to call on our dear friend, a friend of the show, regular co-collaborator, and local teen, Caitlin McGrath. Caitlin, come and tell us about TikToks. And rosters, let's go. Hi, thanks for having me again. <laughs> that was a really that was a quite a good intro. Um, talk about excitement! I am looking outside my bedroom window right now, watching some fireworks. As you say, we're recording this earlier in the week, and there's a holiday in Canada. Canada Day fireworks, a proud tradition we have here. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm bringing to the show. I have fireworks going on in the background and I'm ready to talk about baseball and rosters and player pools is how I'm referring to them. Mm, player and pool. Okay. Okay. Player pool. And then there's this, I think the term I've been using is satellite roster, which would be the 30 or so guys that are at the alternate training site. Mm. And then there's also taxi squad. I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on all these topics, but you're right. There is a lot. Baseball is always one of those things where I feel like when you start to pay attention to it and when you start to cover it, there's almost like an entire language to understanding, you know, like designate for excitement and, you know, injury list and all these terms. And now this year they're introducing like all these new terms that we all have to start learning. So that's, that's part of the job. It's all like doublespeak meant to confuse and perplex us, meant to obscure the truth from our eyes. There are a few different truths we can talk about this week on top of the player pool of 60 uh, or 58, I believe, is the current total, with with which comes some intrigue as to who might wiggle their way into the player pool, who might, who might hail the taxi squad, so to speak. Oh, my God. Um, but before we go on, I want to remind everybody that if you haven't already, I cannot recommend highly enough that you subscribe to Birds All Day. Head over to your podcast player of choice. If it's uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Overcast or uh, Stitcher and you subscribe to the show, you'll get it right in there into your podcast player as soon as you get it, as soon as it's available. That way you can crank up the speed and buzz on through it because that's apparently the thing that people do. And on top of that, anyone can do that. doesn't matter if you subscribe to The Athletic or not. If you want to hear us talk about the Blue Jays player pool week in, week out, do that. 
that way. If you want to subscribe to The Athletic, I think you should do that as well. If you want to read Caitlin, if you want to read uh, Old Reliable Mr. Andrew Stoughton, if you want to read John Lott, if you want to read about the Blue Jays, you want to read about all the teams, you want to be able to read about Shohei Otani and uh, the Angels, you can do that. If you want to read about the New York Mets and Marcus Stroman, who is, um, I don't know, kind of the best, uh, you could do that all through within The Athletic. And I think that you should go to theathletic.com slash birds all day and then there, you can get 40% off an annual subscription. So do that, if you haven't already. That's what I think you should do. And on top of other things, as we're talking about, we're going to talk about the 60-person player pool and the taxi squad and the alternate site parallel universe team. Um, speaking of parallel universes, when it is Canada Day this week, if you are a Canadian person and you live in Canada, uh, this is a great time to reflect on... Uh, so many of the things that we've been talking about recently, about the about the the shameful history of of, of racism, of of systemic racism that exists in Canada, of uh, of of policing done at the barrel of a gun, while well, so many of us just shrug our shoulders and look the other way because it quote unquote doesn't affect us. Uh, some really disappointing, you know, news as there has been so much movement to actually affect real social change in in Canada and in Toronto specifically. Uh, it was dealt a blow by um, by uh, regressive kind of feet dragging self-interested politicians and it's really a shame it's really disappointing after so much momentum and so many uh what felt like really good things and really positive conversations still so much further to go continue to do the work continue to have those difficult conversations continue to make yourselves uncomfortable continue to seek and understand what canada day really means what are what canada has really come to stand for after a hundred and what is it 53 years Let's not get ourselves. Let's continue to do that work and continue to to keep that topic at the very top of our mind because uh, it, there's, the, there are so many folks who all they want to do is to push that under the rug and to pretend like none of this stuff is happening. And we cannot allow that to happen. So let us please continue to do the things, to take those, take those steps, to affect that social change that is so long overdue. Thank you for indulging me. And now... Let's remember some guys. So, Caitlin, I'll turn it to you. You predicted, you had a prediction of, of who were going to be the 60 players in the mm-hmm. squad. And how did you do? Honestly, <laughs> I'm just going to be, I'm just going to brag and say I did pretty well. Um, flex on, think- Caitlin. Flex. Flex. <laughs> There's no need for bashfulness. Just come out I, and be like, damn, nailed it. So, I picked... 60 guys. Mm -hmm. I just listed 60. The Blue Jays obviously released 58. So on, uh, I had 55 guys on my 60 that they had on their 58. So I got 55 guys, right. Um, and I will say, and I'm not lying, but I swear to you guys, I initially had Jake Petrichka on my (laughs) list, but then I took him off because I, I think I added, uh, I think I forgot a, a 40 man guy. And so I had to, add him and then I had to take someone off. So I took Jake Patricia off, but just for the record, I would have had one more, right. If I hadn't taken him off, I had a feeling they have some franchise loyalty to Jake Patricia. Anyway, so I did pretty well. Um, and, uh, overall, I mean, that just sort of means to me that there wasn't many surprises on the list. Um, maybe you guys can sort of give your impressions but to me most of the names on there uh were expected uh when you look at some uh i mean obviously the you know 30 guys that we thought were going to be on the team there's the starting lineup the starting rotation all those guys are on it but then like when you go lower on the list when you look at maybe some of the prospects that teams are going to include some of their prospects because they want them to not miss a whole year of development there's no minor leagues this year obviously that was announced today officially but we all knew it was coming so there's no minor leagues this year teams don't want their top 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 prospects just you know on their own losing a precious year of development to play somewhat organized baseball whether it's just interest squad games with their you know counterparts at the alternate site uh but uh so 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 guys like jordan groshans i predicted he would be on there just because he missed almost all of last season with a foot injury. He's their top position player prospect. 
Um, he's a guy they're really high on. Then you look at some of the arms, Alec Manoa, another guy that's, I think he's their number four prospect. And then Simeon Woods uh, Richardson is their number three prospect. Both of them are on there as well. Um, I guess like one name that I didn't predict uh, was uh, Joey Murray. Um, and he's a guy that the organization really likes. And um, he had a really good year, but he was kind of just like, I guess he's a bit of an unheralded guy just because he doesn't throw very hard. Um, he's kind of one of those guys that, succeeds off deception and he just kind of did his own thing sort of quietly and he kind of flew under the radar a little bit but I had heard his name a bit I think the organization's really big really big on him so he made the list um and then other than that you had some depth guys that were going to sneak on there um are I mentioned Jake Patricia like Brian Moran um I'm trying to think I had the list in front of me Andy Burns is like an infielder who's going to be kind of insurance so, yeah, I mean, I guess you guys can give your impressions on them. But for me, it was uh, – I mean, obviously, I predicted pretty well, so there wasn't any big surprises. I, You know, I'm just pretty proud of it. I haven't had a lot of things to celebrate, <laughs> but predicting 55 – of 58 is pretty good. So well, almost 56. Let's, all, let's uh, that's as 56 is basically that's more than halfway to 60, right? Yeah. You're closer to 60 than you are to 50, which would have been abysmal. Um, here's a special secret. You did you don't know this, but we knew you were going to be on tonight, and we knew how well you did in your 60 uh, 60 person player pool prediction. So those fireworks outside your house, we arranged just oh. for you. Thank you. Thank you, and and keep up the good work. I, I think it's, um, it's really interesting. Joey Murray is an interesting name that you, that you mentioned. And I, I think that he's exactly the kind of guy for which the minor league sort of exist, you know, mm -hmm. because yeah, sure. He's got a high spinning spin rate uh, on his fastball and everything, but he's the kind of player who has maybe advanced because of the results. Uh, just keeps getting people out, and then next thing you know, now he he's there. This sort of one very large and uh, and multifaceted step, but away away from the big leagues, where if there aren't if there are no minor leagues, as there won't be any minor leagues this year, maybe these are the kind of guys who slip through the cracks a little bit. I I, I don't know. I wonder about. Um, uh, I I know that that there will always be minor leagues, and we talked to to um, to Mark Shapiro about this a year ago, but. Um, it doesn't seem feasible that you could just strip the minor leagues away and then potentially lose guys like this who have the potential to become, you know, productive big leaguers, even though they don't light at the radar gun and aren't as big as the, as, you know, the Alec Manoas and, and guys like that. Does that seem crazy? No. And um, I think you're right. Like, I think that um, he, he is a guy that sort of needs the minor leagues to, refine and maybe you know maybe it's a coach along the way right like mm -hmm. I think I'm just looking I just looked him up now and it's another point that the jo Joey Murray's um like he was drafted in the eighth round so if you consider that it was only five rounds this year there's a lot of Joey Murray's out there that maybe just slipped through the cracks in general and aren't going to pursue a baseball career um that's the unfortunate uh sort of impact of, of what this pandemic has done to baseball and the minor leagues and and young talent and young baseball players is that the, the opportunity for them really this year is just not there. Um, and so, yeah, when you look at a guy like Joey Murray, it's like one of those things where it's like, I didn't necessarily um, expect him to be on the list, but then when I saw him on the list, it sort of made sense. I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Like I can see why um, maybe they want to just keep up the momentum with this guy. Um, you know, maybe they want to have him around other major leaguers and have him around their other top arms because they're really high on him and they kind of want him to, um, you know, soak up it, as much information as he possibly can. And I mean, he's a guy, I think he ended the year in, in double a. So, uh, and he was, he was, drafted out of college so I'm just trying to look how old he is he's 23 so like he probably would have been maybe starting the year in double a and quickly um made his way to triple a or maybe he would have started the year in triple a so um you know there's there's a lot of potential there for him and and uh it's unfortunate that 
there's not going to be a Joey Murray, uh, another Joey Murray this year is, is, and I mean like a guy who, uh, who comes out of nowhere in the minor leagues, um, whether it be in the Blue Jay system or other system, there's just not going to be that opportunity this year because a year ago, like, I, I don't think a lot of us, um, knew the name Joey Murray, but anybody that was kind of paying attention to Blue Jays prospects um, after the year he had kind of noticed his name. So, you know, it is just unfortunate that there's not going to be that opportunity for another one of those guys to sort of emerge this year. For yeah, sure. Also, there, oh, sorry, a, go ahead, Steph. I was go just going to say, there's, there's a lot of guys like that, obviously. I mean, Thomas Hatch is another one that I kind of think of. I think he was a mm-hmm. third rounder, but he was a guy who, you know, got to New Hampshire and I think, I think, uh, John Lott wrote about this uh, at some at some point in the before times about how Vince Horseman, who is no no longer there, but was like, yeah, throw that change up more, and it like you know everything changed for him, and every, every you know it, he became uh, you know he had an incredible run of success when he, after he joined the Jays organization, and so those little stories and those little details that are like just so vital to so many guys. I mean, you know, just just look around the rosters of the of the league, look around all star rosters, how many guys were not heralded and who who required the minor like the minor leagues exist for a reason right mm-hmm. like the whole apprenticeship aspect of it is 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 very important it's a it, it's just not a sport where you can where you can go out and get that kind of uh development by just being thrust into the, like the, the best on best kind of competition for sure and it's you know you can go to driveline and you can pay a driveline guy a bunch of money and they can work on your tunneling and work on this and that but until you're in the in that game situation and you know if, if you're not blowing up that radar gun um learning the the feel of your pitches and, and how and when to to use those 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 uh those tools that you have if it is a high spin fastball or is a a change up that kind of turns your fastball into that sort of invisible thing um joey murray i want to say shout out arden zwelling uh host of at the letters who wrote a really really cool story on joey murray really got into like the nuts and bolts of his um of his success and, and includes a lot of gifs and shows him just striking people out with that kind of belly high fastball, almost that Madison Bumgarner uh, look from uh, back in 2014 when he, again, not a guy who throws super hard, but just really, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of good placement, a lot of deception and um, it's a cool story. And, and it's, it's cool to see a guy like him uh, get closer to his chance. Now uh, I think, it, I think you've sort of uh, made a good point, Caitlin talking about, how many of these guys are just sort of there to get some work and there to be around the game and there not to just sort of squander it? And while they can, the team can work hard with um, players remotely. There's kind of no real substitute, no stand-in for just out there getting reps. Um, are there other other guys that you know? Maybe I'm thinking about like Alejandro Kirk. Name's on here, but uh, it's almost like a. Uh, what's King Ralph situation where like if he gets to the big leagues, it means that everything else has gone to hell. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, uh, Kirk, uh, he's another guy that is um, – the, the team's really high on him. I think he's the uh, number five prospect, definitely their number one catching prospect. Uh, but he's only 21. He's still learning the game, still learning the language, which is um, crucial for uh, a catcher um, just to be able to communicate in as many ways as – you can with your pitchers. Um, but again, like the Blue Jays really like him. They probably don't want to see him lose an entire year of development, especially with like sort of the games that he was making in spring. Uh, he was really impressing uh, some of the coaches. It was his first major league spring training and he was doing really well uh, on both sides of the play. He was swinging a bat. He was becoming a fan favorite, um, which is crucial. And uh, <laughs> he was impressing behind the plate I think a lot of pitchers were really impressed with him they really liked the way um you know the way he worked behind the plate they liked throwing to him they liked how quick of a learner he was and um so yeah he's another guy and I made this point too is that just practically you're going to need a couple uh catchers if you're going to have so many pitchers at this alternate site Mm. so I pretty much expected that he'd be a, a sort of a shoe in um, just cause they're going to need some guys down there. Um, and you know, I don't know, like he's a guy that's Caleb Joseph was another catcher who uh, was listed and he's a veteran. And so, you know, you kind of maybe hope Kirk can learn a little bit from him just in terms of the trade of catching um, other names, like, that stick out like someone that's more like on the cusp, like actually could get their, chance this year would be like Santiago Espinal um 
he is sort of like, um, you know, if the Blue Jays didn't have Bo Bichette, maybe you'd say um, Espinal could be a shortstop, but realistically, <laughs> he's probably, realistically, he's probably like a, a bench piece. Um, but I don't know. Like, I think that he could probably, <laughs> if there's an injury um, or – you know, if, if someone like <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I just feel like right now there are fireworks going out outside of Santiago Espinal's house because like <laughs> he's just we're just glowing him up like well if there wasn't a better player <laughs> he could be okay I suppose <laughs> but I I, I I get where you're coming from I'm not te- I mean I'm teasing but but Santiago Espinal there definitely is like the kind of guy that every team has like yeah maybe he could do the job but get him to the big leagues. We don't have anybody else who can do it worth a damn. So run to Santiago Espinal out there and see what the hell happens. Well, speaking of remembering some guys, I also noticed Ruben Tejada yes. among the infielder. Now, that's a guy I remember. Yeah, he was signed to a minor league deal and um, sort of under the radar. But I, I guess teams also kind of have to have these insurance, guy, insurance guys in their system just in case there's any injuries. And also, like, the reality is that the potential for players to test positive for COVID-19 and the virus seems to be unpredictable in some ways in that for some guys, it can be minor uh, or I shouldn't say for some guys, I should just say for some people, it can be mild. And then for some people it can take a lot longer for them to get over the illness. So the reality is teams have to be, teams are going into the season really not knowing, um, how much depth they're going to require. Like if you think about every other season, teams can probably kind of guesstimate like this is the amount of injuries that we could kind of expect. And then maybe you have a a year in which injuries are just piling up and teams are really like searching for their depth. But you know, like this is, this is baseball. Like teams are prepared for that. But then this season, like there's kind of, it's up in the air because now you're dealing with actually a pandemic and a virus that is spreading uh, across America and, and the world. But, you know, particularly we're talking about America here. And um, they just don't know. They don't know how much depth they're going to need. They don't know how many guys are going to test positive throughout the season. They don't know how many guys are going to come into camp and have to sit out for the first little while because they've tested positive. Um, and realistically, it's a pretty um, pretty rigorous process to um, get back onto the roster uh, once you go onto the um, COVID-19 injury list. I think you have to at least, there's a bunch of protocol which you have to meet, including testing negative twice within um, like within a 24-hour period. So you have to test negative and then 24 hours later you have to test negative again. So um, I think teams are just kind of like piling up on guys because they really just don't know um, <laughs> How, how much, how far into their depth they're going to have to, you know, dig. Nothing says this is a really good idea more <laughs> than as long as we have more soldiers than they have bullets, we'll be okay. That that really seems like that's the strategy that they're going ahead with, uh, which is crazy. But it's also, here we are. Here we are. Uh, Stone, what about you? Is there, were there any names that kind of jumped out to you? Any like surprising guys that you did not expect to remember? Uh, well, no, I, I read Caitlin's piece, so I I was pretty up to up to date on what the you know what the, the Jays were going to do. I but honestly, not not really. Um, I don't know. They they named a bunch of guys. The, it's, <laughs> to me, it's interesting that they named sixty guys. And yet they couldn't find a halfway decent outfielder among the bunch of sixty. Well, they still have room for uh, name fifty-eight, Martin, right? So yeah, that's right. You're right, fifty-eight, and they haven't named the. the we'll, we'll talk about that, that part in a second. They haven't. They haven't named Yusil Puig yet, right? There's still the opportunity to sign <laughs> Puig. I, I mean, I don't know that that's fixing your, your outfield problem, but or it isn't it? <laughs> Why, when you have a dearth of good players, you should sign the best of all the players. I, I suppose I did forget that Elvis Luciano is on the uh, on the forty man because of their their incredibly just just overt manipulation of the uh, of the Rule Five process. Uh, I think Yancy Diaz didn't uh, 
didn't make the cut, which was maybe a surprise. I saw a couple of people tweeting about that. Uh, yes, I, he was injured in spring, and I don't know if it was just kind of like lost in the shuffle that the uh, I don't know. I can't remember if he was added to the sixty man or sorry the like sixty day IL or not. Right, but he was injured and he did go on the 60 day at, at one point. Um, but I feel like maybe the, in the shuffle, the 40 man roster on the website just never got updated and he's still on there. I don't know, but I, I, someone mentioned that to me too. And I just kind of read, I just was like, Oh, okay. He's, he's probably still injured then. Or, you well, know, it's sort of like Drew was saying about Kirk. It's like, I don't know if we're seeing Yancy Diaz, then something has gone terribly wrong. Uh, and in this, and in, in this year of 2020, what what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> um, I I when I was looking through the starting pitching, obviously the, there's so many pitchers, which is only uh, uh, prudent to have pitching and have depth and to be prepared for every conceivable uh, contingency. Uh, looking through the names of the starting pitchers, I saw uh, Sean Reed Foley's name, and I was like, oh come on, what the fuck. Like that's just like instantly my reaction. <laughs> like, I, I don't. I which I'm not proud of. It's not a, like a like a noble thing to think to see his name and be like, no, let's just move on from this because I just don't have a lot of hope. And like, it, I I that's the name that I like zeroed in on. There's so many names, so many so many intriguing potential and uh, a valuable depth in in uh, on this list. And the ghost of Julian Merriweather shows up, and and you've got Alec Manoa and all these guys. And then I'm like, oh, Sean Reed Foley, he walks too many players. And I just like threw up my hands and I was done with the entire <laughs> the, the entire exercise. I mean, Reed Foley, yeah, it, it does seem like he's been moving towards a bullpen role for like six years now. But uh, you know, they're gonna they're gonna use him as a starter for as long as they possibly can, as we all know. It, it, it reminds me of like Brett Cecil, how they just humped that dream for so long and then it worked out okay. So uh, so there you go. There's your template, even though entirely different pitchers. Throw with different hands, even. <laughs> uh, Caitlin, uh, again, so many pitchers, so many guys. So, uh, is there is there one? Is there a name? Of, is there a relief pitcher that you were like, hey, other than Jake Petrichka? <laughs> uh, relief pitcher. Um, like we're really into the dregs here. We're this is <laughs> we are running it. Well, is, like like how about Ty Tice? Yeah, Ty Tice. You know what's funny about um, Ty Tice is that I one of my – I don't know why I remember this because this was not the last day that spring, but for whatever reason, this memory sticks out to me. Is like for some reason around camp one day at spring training this year, um, word got around that Ty Tice can like dunk a basketball and – I guess there was like video evidence of him dunking basketball. I didn't see it, but I, was, I don't know. We kind of heard it. And then, and then a reporter went up and asked him and he confirmed that he could. And then he was kind of like, how do, how do people know about this? So that's I, every time I see Tice, uh, Ty Tice's name, I'm always like, Oh yeah. I remember the time he told us he can dunk a basketball. I just, anyway, I, I um, just, I just looked him up. I mean, fan graph says I mean, he perhaps these are always, these are always, uh, Unreliable, no, but he's uh, but it, has him listed at five nine. Yeah, I know he's not tall. That was like that. Sorry, I should have probably mentioned that part of it. But uh, I guess because we saw him there, and he's he's not a tall dude. So that was the thing. Is like the story went around um, that he could dunk a basketball, and uh, we were like, but but how? And <laughs> I that's that's my reaction to basically anyone who can dunk a basketball. If I could dunk a basketball, I'd tell everyone all the time. I would never talk about anything else. <laughs> I, I would be like one of those people who had like a dramatic weight loss who carried around an old photo of myself who just like that's my icebreaker. Like, hey, how's it going? But did you know I used to weigh like 80 or 90 pounds more than this? That would be me but with dunking. I'd have a picture of me like with my hand like Above the rim, <laughs> throwing down. Be like, did you know I dunked? I can dunk. I do it all the time. I'm in, I'm I'm actually maybe slightly below average height for for an average, you know, North American male. I can dunk because this is something I've talked about a few times. Maybe not on this show, not on the podcast. I don't have like a lot of recurring dreams. I'm not someone who remembers dreams. You know, sometimes dreams are weird. Sometimes they're normal. The thing I dream about the most that I remember is dunking. <laughs> I dream that I can dunk all the time, all the time. 
It's amazing. Like, I'm not short, and I can, like, I used to be able to get close, and I could still get close-ish, but I could never dunk. But the ability to do, to the, just, to, just to have done that, uh, to, to do that, I dunked it in a pickup game at, at uh, Maple Leaf Public School in Newmarket one time on, like, a lower net. Took a pass from a guy and dunked it with two hands. It was the greatest moment of my entire life. Honestly, well, maybe not. No, it was. It was. I was so hot. You're, th- you're thinking of whether your children are in earshot here? No, they, uh, well, even if they are, I'd be like, yo, I threw it down with two hands. Two hands. I hit a home run in, in like, in House League Baseball that same week, too. And I was like, well, this is it. 17 years old. Might as well just hang them up. Dunked and hit a home run in the same week. Uh, I think I'm pretty much done. That's like my Al Bundy. Like, I would, nothing wrong with that. I would be, I had four, four dunks in high school in one game. It's pretty good. And there was the, yeah. the guy that they drafted that can dunk too. They, they Blue Jays are putting together a basketball squad. They're they're going with the Brian Cashman school of just drafting huge dudes and, and athletes. I just looked up a story by John Law that was written in 2019. It's about Ty Tice, and it mentions that he was a star basketball player in high school. Um, so yeah, this is his hidden talent. So watch out for and um, watch out for Ty Tice, the secret basketball star of the Blue Jays. See, if I'm Ty Tice, I'm like bet- making bets with all my teammates. Like I'm betting Alec Manoa, like, yo, you're like eight <laughs> inches taller than I am, but I guarantee I can dunk on you. And they'd be like, no, you're out of your mind. And I would be getting all those bonus babies checks. I would be coming for your money, Alec Manoa. I'm going to dunk on you. I'm Ty Tice. I have a new favorite player in the Blue Jays. It's Ty Tice. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's why I'm glad I came on today. Um, okay, just back to another note. You mentioned um, – <laughs> Julian Merriweather, he's a guy I think we'll see him this this year. Uh, that's going to be my bold predict, my bold prediction of 2020, my revised bold predictions um, of 2020. Which I I would it would be funny to look back. I wrote something like that earlier this year. They're probably all wrong. Um, I did not predict a pandemic. Um, Fool. But, <laughs> but anyway, that would be my prediction this year. Um, for this season that Julian Merriweather will debut. Everyone will see he's a real guy. He exists um, and he can throw the ball really hard. So I don't know if he'll start. He might be one of those guys that maybe is like, like act two of a start. So he'll come in after a starter or maybe he just comes in out of the bullpen or something. The Blue Jays are obviously going to have to get creative with all these pitchers that they have. Um, But mark my words, Julian Merriweather will, Throw a pitch in the majors this year. Uh, follow-up question. Can Julian Merriweather dunk? <laughs> well, he's really tall. Mm. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> the plot thickens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's cool. I mean, related to this, do you remember when Josh Donaldson played for the Blue Jays? That was pretty cool <laughs> when Josh Donaldson played for the Blue Jays. Uh, that, that, that does sound familiar. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, uh, man, he was real, real good. Uh, in all of the guy remembering uh, <laughs> Minnesota I, Twins third baseman Josh Donaldson. Holy shit, that's true. <laughs> so fucked. <laughs> I can't yeah. believe that. I, I uh, up until 15 seconds ago, was like, oh man, I can't believe he plays for the Braves. Played for the Braves. That part of his career is over. You know, for real though, it, I was. It's it's getting so grim in terms of sports TV programming. I had uh, TV on, I was doing some stuff in the house and it was like, Oh, Hey, they're going to, they're playing the 2015 home run derby, which is uh, which sure is a choice. But uh, Josh Donaldson was in that home run derby and he played for the blue Jays, which allowed me in that moment to be like, Oh yeah. Josh Donaldson played for the blue Jays. They botched his exit. So, Unfortunately for Julian Merriweather, A, he may not be able to dunk, and B, he gets to be the ghost of Josh Donaldson when he walks out there in his jersey and everyone will be like standing there with their arms crossed, be like, all right, show me something. Although it's also been so long since he was acquired that maybe people don't even remember that. I think people remember. Yeah, I think I, so, yeah. I, I've seen enough comments and seen enough tweets that people, I think people remember, most people remember. Um, but... You know, if he throws 99 in a major league game, even if it's a weird, bizarro baseball game this year, maybe people will start to, um, you know, forget a little bit what the trade um, was. Um, You know, 
I guess we'll, we'll have to see. He's getting, I mean, he's 28, I think. So he's definitely a mature prospect and it's not, I mean, it's not his fault that he had um, Tommy John and then has had complications from Tommy John. And um, you know, it's a bit of a strange scenario that he's been in being traded for Josh Donaldson, whatever it was two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, and it's, if I get a chance this year, if I ever talk to him, I'll ask him if he can dunk. I appreciate that. I think that needs to be your opening. Just like if I'm Ty Tyson, I'm like, yo, did you know I could dunk? Your thing is, hey, I'm Caitlin from The Athletic. Can you dunk? Yeah. As the iceberg. And they'll be like, what? Can I dunk? Of course I can. I'm Alec Manoa. I'm like six foot eight. You're like, sweet. Here we go. This is how we talk. Um, yeah, it's not Julian Marielli's fault that he got traded for Josh Donaldson. It's not his fault that he had Tommy John. Uh, all he can do is go third pitch, and and here's hoping he gets that opportunity. Now I don't. Yeah, and you know, and and you know, some of us, some of us, no, don't kink shame. Some of us like those mature prospects. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. No post type post type sleepers all oh, day yeah. all day long. Don't kink shame. <laughs> uh, no shame, actually. Something I don't. I uh, I'd be surprised if the, if anyone on the Blue Jays went this route, but uh, players who have perhaps opted to uh, to opted out of this of the 2020 season. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman, who may his career could well be over, had signed a one year one year deal to stay with the Nationals, and he is not going to play because of the threat. Of uh, and the risk associated with COVID nineteen, Joe Ross, who uh, I believe was also on the Nationals as well, and of course former Nationals uh, um, uh, shortstop slash outfielder, uh, former Montreal Expo, Ian Desmond, mm-hmm. with a really powerful uh, a statement that he put on his Instagram, like seven seven screens of text on Instagram, which as a social media expert, uh, don't ever do that, but. Uh, really, really, really powerful uh, statement and, and story about him uh, visiting the fields of uh, of his youth and seeing how they've kind of gone to seed and thinking about uh, not only the role of race in baseball, the role of race in society, uh, uh, the the kind of unique burden of being a of being a, a mixed race kid growing up playing baseball, uh, obviously a predominantly white sport, and then that is the backdrop for his decision to not play this year with his wife. Who uh, is pregnant? I believe he has four kids. So uh, I don't. Uh, is the, uh, there's no one on the Blue Jays who really fits that bill. I, I don't think. Or, or or is there? Maybe could we see a Blue Jay who might not uh, who might opt out of the season? Uh, we asked Mark Shapiro last week when he did his uh, conference call with some of the reporters, like whether uh, he had been told or, or whether he knew if any of the players would be opting out. And he said that he didn't think any would, but he wasn't a hundred percent sure. And of course, maybe some guys are still kind of making that decision. Um, And I I don't believe there's any sort of date where people have to decide. I think even you can opt out and then you can opt in if you decide you want to play. And I don't think there's a cutoff date. Mm. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but I don't think there is. But anyway, uh, I don't, I can't, I can't, predict necessarily whether their Blue Jays players would decide to because it's a very personal decision. Um, but as it stands now, I, I don't believe any of them have. And what Shapiro told us is he doesn't think um, any will. But, uh, yeah, I guess we'll just have to sort of wait and see. You know, it may it, it may they, they may be more inclined than other teams because they're going to have to barnstorm around the United States since uh... – there's still a chance they're not led into the country or their, their opponents aren't. Yeah, I mean, we should talk about that. I think that's sort of the, the unspoken piece that we have overlooked so far is while while remembering guys and, and asking them, the guys that we remember, if they can dunk is fun. Uh, <laughs> we There's still the logistical nightmare of getting 60 or 40 or 35 or however many people in and out of a, of a, of a foreign country, foreign to the United States, uh, uh, you know, once or twice a week play fucking baseball and there's still the canadian government they're they're having to work with them and with the city of toronto and public health officials uh, again this is such a complex thing now uh, I, b- I believe there's someone might have been mark zwolinski at the star somebody was reporting that uh that they are they have got the go-ahead to kind of come in and out and and, and move around but uh it it all feels very tenuous right now just because the situation is so still so quickly and constantly evolving i thought i saw orange county in florida had like five thousand new cases today alone like one county in florida 
It's yeah, out of control. <laughs> uh, the the star piece it is it is Mark Zwolinski and it, uh, it. I don't know if it says in and out, but it says they can come in, and they basically have been given the. the the piece says, you know, the Jays haven't announced that, and the government hasn't said it. Had, hasn't said it, but uh, that they could do the training portion of it. Mm. They could go and they they can they can come in the Blue Jays, follow the protocols, do the training, and then at some point, I guess they'll be told whether other teams can come. That's, I mean, that's sort of the bigger portion of the question anyway. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why they would be answering it in stages like this. Maybe just to allow them to come to the country and. and get the process underway, but why would they do that if they're not going, you know, if there's a possibility that they're just going to have to go back to Dunedin anyway, because they're not going to have, you know, their opponents allowed in. Um, that's a ba- that's basically what that says. There's more words than that in it. I- I'm looking at the piece right now. There's way more words. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the, what the, what, the, what a workable solution, um, uh, what it might be I, again, unless I just, throwing the doors open and being like come and go as you please because you are our special you know this these aren't nurses going back and forth from windsor to detroit to you know work at in uh in icu wards and work saving lives like and they're all they are all just ball players at this point um whether they can dunk or not they don't those are not like special <laughs> skills that are marketable beyond my own you know curiosity so so I, I don't know, Caitlin. What, what's your sense? Like this is this again? This is such a quickly and, and ever evolving situation that it could have maybe changed dramatically overnight. Yeah, and I think the way that I understand it is there's sort of like two separate asks. I don't know if this was just sort of how they formally had to do it, but there's um, initially the Blue Jays um, wanted to play their regular season games in Toronto. And then as things started to escalate um, in Florida, they decided to also ask the government to have their training session here. So um, they're there. And, and those two situations are, I guess, different. And I think, I guess the complicating thing um, is this is the in and out. So if you look at like the NHL, for example, obviously we know like the federal government and, and level different levels of government, um, although not BC, but in Ontario and whatever, like the provincial governments are looking at the NHL possibility of having hub cities here. Um, and, and the federal government has given their okay that they can um, host them in Canada. And the difference is obviously the NHLers are going to come to a city um, and they're just going to stay there. There's not going to be any in and out. Um, presumably when the team loses, they'll leave, but they're not coming back. Um, and so it's a lot easier to have a sort of controlled um, situation and a controlled bubble if you're just saying, okay, everybody in, okay, you're in, and you can move around in this bubble. Um, you can't go anywhere else. And if they're just here to play hockey and they can go to their arena and they can go to their hotel, and I think that NHL is trying to set up um, – a situation where they could have a few other things like in their bubble, whether it be like a restaurant or something. So the difference with the, with the MLB is obviously the travel, right? And that's, um, I read an AP report and um, it basically had um, quotes from a min- uh, the Ontario minister of sport. And she was saying that the complicating factors is the travel part of it. So, you know, if there was a scenario in which the blue Jays were just based here and, um, you know, I guess other teams are based here. There wasn't the in and out or they were playing another Canadian team and they were just traveling within the country. It would make sense, but it's, it's the, it's the U S travel and it's the, the constant, they'd sort of be breaking that quarantine, I guess. Um, Cause they'd go in and they'd come out and then, and then other teams would come in and go out. And um, it is a complicated situation. And obviously I'm not privy to what the protocol um, or the proposal, I guess, that the Blue Jays submitted to the government. I think Shapiro told us that it would be going above and beyond what the MLB already has in place. So the MLB is going to have all these protocols in place. Um, and then the Toronto one would be above and beyond that. Um, but, you know, I, I just think that it's, it's a complicated, it's a complicated um, situation. And, um, I guess the government just has to be very thoughtful of what they want to do. And like you said, they, these are just, a, these are professional athletes and 
yes, sport is important and um, it's important to a lot of people and it's important to their livelihood. But at the same time, I'm sure that the government doesn't want to be seen to be bending the rules too much um, just for professional athletes. I, I think seen is, is, is probably a key word. Maybe that's just me being – but it just feels like, okay, how is this going to go down if we allow – like, like I, I wonder how much they're even worried about the, you know, the actual, like, public health – aspects of it i, I, it, I obviously the, the the way that baseball is going about this reopening uh is to some it might seem reckless and the you know the the government sort of hemming and hawing on it does it strikes me as something where they may they may not be well let's let's think about how you know how how whether this is right or whether we can do it safely as much as like what can we get away with we'd like to have this happen i guess but like Will what would the rea- what's the reaction going to be? Um, which seems to me like no way to do it. I don't know if that's how it's really what, if what's really going on. But there's obviously a PR aspect to uh, to all of this, especially when you start bringing the politicians in. Um, and yeah, it's just it's uh, I, I get cynical about it because I think it's sort of a really cynical thing that's happening. It, you know, there's also an aspect of I guess. Um what I guess what the with the what the Blue Jays would be willing to do right like um I guess at, mm. at some point they have to just make a decision and if they're going to be based in Toronto they're going to be really confined to a very tight bubble um or whether they would just rather be in Dunedin and maybe not have to have the additional stress of the border and the bubble here. And I think that at some point the Blue Jays are just going to have to make a decision um, because they're sort of running out of time too. There's spring training is technically opening. Um, I keep saying spring. I mean, whatever it's training. Um, (laughs) It's technically sort of like kicking off tomorrow Um, camps will open and guys will start their intake process, which is just a testing process. And then I believe uh, workouts can start on Friday. So um, I think the, the thing is that the Blue Jays maybe just sort of need to figure out what their, um, what their situation will be, uh, and they might just have to stick to it. So I guess it depends on how, how much they want to wait um, and, 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 you know, what they think is just going to be better for them in the long run. Yeah, it's tough. It's, it's, there's no easy answer, and, like, they have – been forced into these difficult decisions because of the the choice uh, to to proceed with the season. Uh, there are lots of different financial aspects at uh, at play, and obviously, it's all it's difficult to finesse uh, the optics and the uh, realities of forcing you know all these people together to to be indoors and to live in this in the Rogers Center hotel and eat out of the their kitchen and then go and play baseball every day. Um, it's not optimal but it's happening they got they had the roof open today i saw uh so i mean at least, at least the players when if they're there they'll be able to have the the roof open so it's not as it's not technically indoors anymore i don't know does that even is that true is that even real but uh then they'll <laughs> hopefully they'll be uh we'll get a, a glimpse of of the baseball action happening because um you know ultimately that's what we all want but we all want to make sure that's happening in a safe and responsible way that's not putting uh, hundreds of uh, of young uh, of young people at risk. They're young people. I'm not like all those youngsters out there. <laughs> we don't want them getting the con- <laughs> the the COVID. But anyway, that's but all we the, don't we don't want also, anybody getting all, it. All, also, though, you know, the people who were are working at the Skydome Hotel, the people who are unlocking the doors in the morning. You know, the the you know the, the the whole scheme to send all these people up from Dunedin, where there were literally just a bunch of positive tests at their facility. Mm. Uh, it's reckless. It's and I, you know, I don't know how much of a choice the Blue Jays have, except in that they are one thirtieth of a voice among the owners. But we don't, you know, as far as we know, because they haven't said that they're they're standing behind the league and the commissioner and what they want to do. And uh, and it's just it's so hard to be rooting for them to get what they want out of this when it just seems like, and somebody just tweeted it to me. It's like, that it would just be such a slap in the face to people who have behaved and, and done all the precautions and done everything right for the last four months to be like, Oh, we, yeah, we're going to let these, this, 
these guys just come and go across the border as they please, and it's all going to be very public in your face because there's going to it's going to be on TV any, every night, and it, we're going to talk about it like it's a return to normalcy, and it's and even though it's completely not, and it's happening for very cynical reasons, and uh, and you know, it 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 makes it so hard to root for it to happen that way or to happen at all, even though. It's so it's so against my own interest, obviously, as we talked mm-hmm. last week as well. Um, you know, it's just it's it's just very odd. I understand why they're they're doing it, but it's just such a weird mentality. Well, where well we have to we have to do it. There's the you know there's money on the line, so that's that's what's going to trump everything. Can't not can't not do it. I think that's good. Sorry, what were you going to say? I just said it's fucked. Well, it is. But at the same time, I, I saw a tweet today that was like, Shohei Otani's going to be a two-way player. And I was like, baseball, let's fucking go. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that too. You know, we, have, we, all, we all have our crosses to bear. Caitlin, where can the people read your latest uh, uh, Nostradamus-esque uh, predictions and, and prophecies about the coming baseball season and or the shape of rosters to come? Um, at the athletic, well, there you go. Uh, I did a, I did a round table today with, um, the other AL East, um, writers. Mm-hmm. So that's up right now. It's interesting to read, um, their perspectives on their team. And, uh, I weigh in on, uh, some of the blue Jays matters as well. Uh, imagine having to cover the rays. Just imagine that would be like, doesn't, doesn't do it for me. No, thank you. No, <laughs> no. Imagine this was a rays podcast. I guess there'd have to be people to listen to it for that to be a race. But so what about you? What have you got coming up <laughs> in the, in the coming go, days yeah. and weeks? Um, I, I got some, uh, some re- remembering of some guys probably still, we're still remembering guys. Things aren't quite at the stage yet where I'm actually writing about real things. Uh, though, obviously we're getting that way. I got a Canada day piece coming up because I was asked to do a Canada day piece. <laughs> it was like, okay. Uh, let's remember some Canadian guys. So, uh, <laughs> Do you remember when we had Larry Walker on this podcast? How messed up is that? That's wild. Ridiculous. Shout out to Larry Walker, Hall of Famer. Came on a stupid podcast. That's so crazy. <laughs> All right. Make sure you follow Caitlin on Twitter at Caitlin McGrath. Make sure you follow Stoughton at uh, Andrew Stoughton. Make sure you follow me on Twitter as well, even though... Uh, I don't know. There's nothing really in it for you. Uh, and if, as I mentioned before, make sure you do subscribe to the show and to The Athletic. For Caitlin McGrath, for Andrew Stoughton, my name is Drew Fairservice. We will talk to you next week after Canada Day. So I hope if when you hear this, you've had a great Canada Day, done some reflection, maybe sought out a, a, a worthy and, and interesting cause that, that could benefit from your time or your money or your, or your investigation. But with that, I want to say happy Canada Day, happy 4th of July if you live south of the border. Good luck. We'll talk to you next week.